0: With this week's press lunch and audio, you're going to hear from linebacker Rick Gamboa, wide receiver Shea Fields, and then head coach Mike McIntyre. All
1: right, any questions for Rick? All right. Rick, I don't know how closely you've uh, paid attention to the rest of the conference this year, but it just seems like it's a wildly unpredictable conference from week to week. When you look at it, what do you
2: think? Uh, I just think it kind of just shows the, what kind of competition is in the Pac-12. you got to come out every week to play. You never really know uh, who's going to win. Any, any team could win every any week. Uh, there's some time, like, there's going to be close games. There's going to be big blowouts. Can't really predict how they're going to go. Just got to come out and play every week.
3: Rick, will you talk a little bit about what the uh, challenge of Arizona's running attack presents you guys?
2: Uh, you know uh, they got two two real big running backs. One in Kaelin Belage and Demario Richard. Uh, both big physical running backs. They could break out. Uh, they both have big play potential at any play at any time. They break a lot of tackles, and make a lot of people miss, and I think just as defense, kind of especially as a front seven, tackling and staying in our gaps is going to be a, is a big focus for us this week.
1: It seems like for the first time this year, collectively offense, defense, special teams, you guys finally put together that complete game against Cal. So when you return this week to practices and preparations for Arizona State. Do you think it reminded the team of what it's capable of, or what do you think the impact of having that complete effort has been this week?
2: Uh, I'll definitely say that we kind of we all, we all remember what we did on Saturday, but uh, you know we got to move on. But at the same time, we coming into the mentality of we know what we're capable of doing. We know we could win any week we come out, and as long as we, uh, we play, we focus on our side of the ball, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, whatever our job is, and as long as everyone's uh, communicate everything's going together. We feel like if as long as all three phases are working, we, we always have a chance to win. Confident
1: that you can keep
2: it going. Oh, definitely. Especially uh, defensively, you know, last, last week uh, I think I would say it's probably one of our better games throughout, that we've had up throughout the year. And I think just as defense, after that Arizona game, I feel we were kind of like reaching for like with the next two games just as defense. And I know uh, as captains, me, Foe, and Derek, we all came together. We talked to the defense, and we basically told them that we need to start having fun again. As a defense, we weren't having fun. There wasn't too much, uh, people weren't playing with passion, people weren't playing with emotion. And I think Saturday, we kind of showed that we were, ha- we were having fun, There's we were uh, celebrating as a team, as a defense, and I think that just helped us.
3: Have you seen that sense of urgency carry over into practice
2: this week? Oh, yeah, uh, I, we just want to keep this momentum going. We know what we're capable of doing, and I think that sense of urgency especially for, I know, the seniors. They, they, don't, they don't have too many games left. Uh, right now, all they really have is three games guaranteed to where we want to help them f- uh, get to that bowl game. And, you know, with that urgency, is just get increasing more and more the we get closer to Saturday. Rick, I talked to Ryan Moore yesterday.
3: He mentioned the same thing. It just felt like we had more fun this last Saturday. Uh, and he said it felt like last year. So what kind of things did you guys do to try to get that going and try to turn the table a little bit and get that
2: fun back on the I think uh, it's just celebrate. Like, no matter what it was, whether it was a tackle for loss, a sack, pass breakup, whatever it was, we just wanted to celebrate and go back to having fun. Uh, We just, there wasn't too much passion, too much emotion showing uh, as defense. We kind of just worried about getting to the next snap, getting to the next snap, trying to get a stop. And I think with us getting more relaxing, not being so stressed out about having them get off the field, make a stop, I think that really helped us. Especially just, just enjoying and knowing the fact we have a chance to play defense beyond the field. Now that
4: you're one win away from bowl eligibility, is that something you guys talked about in the locker room? Have you been talking about that even before this past week?
2: Uh, we don't talk about it too much. Really, we just focus on the game that, that, that's at hand. You know, we know we have that thought in the back of our heads about, you know, we're one game closer, one game closer. But really, we're just trying to win this next game against Arizona State.
1: Ricky reference here the the game and how it kind of led you guys to searching a little bit and not putting you in a good place. Obviously that gets to Khalil Tate, uh, the conference's player, uh, offensive player of the week for four straight weeks in the conference. Have you paid attention to what he's done since then? We talked to Phil and he thinks he's a total Heisman candidate and that this is just the beginning. Your thoughts on just what Khalil Tate's done since he's taken over in Arizona?
2: Uh, I mean every week we kind of I know as a defense we always try to see what he's doing now, and and I think the past three four weeks, you just see him, whether it's passing or the running, you see him scoring, helping his offense score, and they've been putting you off points ever since he's been a quarterback. And you know he's a great player. He's very athletic, and when you try to focus on, on focus just on him, people around him start hurting you, whether it's the running backs or the receivers. And I think you know he's doing a great job. that uh, today
0: is Halloween.
2: Top three uh, Halloween candies ranked one through three. Uh, top three Halloween candies. Uh, first candy all time: Reese's. Always been, uh, always liked Reese's. Uh, I'll say M and M's, and then uh, Sour Patch Kids. Right, Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right.
1: Questions uh,
5: for Shea Fields.
1: Bill said he sensed that you guys, as a receiving core, were kind of getting a little antsy over the past few weeks. So, I guess, one, how good did it feel for everybody on the receiving core to make some plays? And, two, is that the kind of performance you think that can spur this team on to bigger and better things?
5: I mean, that performance was incredible. I mean, everybody got touches, whether they scored or not. Um, And and it felt great, especially after nine weeks. Um, You had that kind of preparation. And then uh, just that, that amount of big plays we had, it, it does fuel the team, and it does spur that moment. And it also kind of gives us a little edge for next week to know what we can do. so. you talk about Arizona
4: State's defense
5: a little bit? Of what kind of, have you seen from them so far? Uh, they're a physical team. Corners are young, but they're still good. Um, the backers are probably, to me, they're one of the bigger backers that we've seen. And uh, I mean, their defense is well coached. I feel it'll be a good matchup between our offense and their defense.
4: What is it about playing down at ASU that has given you guys? I think you've been down there twice in your career.
5: Is that right? I think once, sophomore year. Yeah, just once. Okay.
4: What did uh, Colorado's never won down there? Is it a difficult place to play, or is
5: it just another place? Uh, I mean, I would say it. it I mean, every place is difficult, especially being on the road. Um, but, I mean, we're looking for that first win there, so it'll be incredible to get that.
0: Shane, you mentioned Montez's ability to spread the ball out uh, against Cal. Did you see that coming going into that game based on the preparation, or did things just seem to click like you guys had hoped they would all season?
5: I mean, we always expect it to happen, whether it happens or not. Um, but with the preparation we had this week with Coach Mack, separating that battle that he had, uh, you kind of saw started from Monday that he was he was ready to go.
1: In a year where not only you guys, but many teams across the Pac-12 <clears throat> college football have been inconsist- or consistently inconsistent, yeah. how does this team bottle the consistency that you achieved on Saturday and bring it to the table for the next three weeks?
5: I mean, that, that just goes in today and yesterday. It goes into not getting, um, you could say, just staying level-headed, kind of. Um, you don't want to get too hyped, but – you also don't want to get back to that low point that we had, and uh, just keeping that consistency of the offensive level and the defensive level also.
0: Going into the year, obviously a lot of high expectations for this receivers group as a whole, with all the talent and experience you guys brought back. What's kind of been your way of coping through some of the tougher times this year? You know, when when it hasn't clicked <coughs> on Saturday. And what ways were you able to stay level-headed, like you
5: mentioned? Uh, well, I mean, just get back to the drawing board. Whether we had a good game or bad game, we put that in the past. Get ready for the next game. And uh, just talking to the receivers, I mean, I know from experience, we, we kind of just brush it off, get ready for the next game. And then the offense as a whole, we kind of just get back to the drummer, like I said, and uh, practice, practice, and just keep repetition going. I know this last game was
3: the first of the gold Games. Mm-hmm. It was
5: something
4: McIntyre
3: started last year, correct? Yeah. Can you talk about just how the players respond to the goal Games? Do you feel like there's a, a different sense of urgency, a different focus when you get to the goal
5: Games? Uh, yeah, especially when, I mean, you have a record like we did, four and four. You need two to get to the bowl game, but those, the goal game is where you want to win all of them. Like Coach Mack says, the last four are what they remember. They don't remember the first eight, uh, first seven, but the last four is where you make that statement in the Pac-12. So,
1: So Shay, three weeks ago, Cal beats Washington State 37-3. Mm-hmm. Then two weeks ago, Washington State beats you guys 28-0. And then you beat Cal 44-28. to Yeah. I
5: can't wrap my mind around that, can you? Uh, I mean, no, that's just, I mean, Pac-12 is a tough conference. It, <laughs> sometimes the cookie crumbles the way it does, and it just happened to go like that, so.
3: Maybe it's a part of it being the gold games, but this week it really seems like everybody's locked in and focused to that one week at a time mentality. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that mentality shift after a big win like
5: that? Yeah, um, I've I seen it last week. Everybody was in tune. Everybody knew what the game plan was. Everybody knew their assignments. I mean, and it showed on Saturday. I mean, hopefully we can keep it going. Just one
1: more. So do you think that performance may be served as a reminder to this team what it is capable
5: of? I mean, I'm pretty sure it serves as a reminder to everybody. I mean, we, we know what we can do. It's just a matter of coming down to execution, and we executed probably the best we have all year. And that just comes as, keep it going.
3: Best Halloween outfit in your life?
5: Um, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you that one. Okay. Couldn't tell you. All
1: right, thank you, Shay. Thank you,
6: Mhm.
5: Thank you,
1: Shari. Coach, you want to start us off?
6: Yes, uh, we uh, had an excellent practice today inside. Um, and uh, you know uh, today's Halloween, so I'm glad Neil didn't wear his Halloween mask. Um, so, uh, oh, oh yes, okay. they don't, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a layup. Uh, so uh, we're you know this is going to be a, a tough game at Arizona State. Um, you know it's a really unique night there. Um, it's uh, they're honoring the servicemen. It's the Pat Tillman um, game, um, which I'm honored that uh, we're a team that gets to play in that. That our young men get to see that, understand Um, they're, you know, they're bringing a lot of uh, families and different things. So it's a unique night and uh, they're, they're wearing special uniforms and it's always great to honor our country and I'm glad that we're able to uh, be a part of this game uh, and uh, the special meaning that is behind it. So, all right, I'll take any questions at this time.
1: Did you have any kind of six degrees of separation with Pat Tillman just
6: in your days in the NFL? Or uh, no, I didn't. Uh, you know, I've read a tremendous amount about him. I've told our players the stuff that I've read and, uh, and talked to them about what he stands for. You know, that's, uh, I would definitely say it was very uncommon. You know, all our kids wear uncommon bracelets, um, and I think it's very uncommon what he did. You know, he was a, had a college degree. He was a great pro player making millions of dollars, and he stops and wants to go serve our country. And uh, extremely, extremely sad and unfortunate what happened. Um, but I think he set—he didn't—I don't think I know—he set an example uh, of what it means to honor our country, and and he understood the the freedom that we live is not free. Uh, we have freedom because people go and fight for our country and 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 give us the safety and the ability to do all the things that we can do. Even being able to sit in this room, even have the jobs we have. Um, it's um, America's a great place. I know we have all the different issues, but. It's still an honor and a privilege to live in this country, and um, to, um, Saturday night will be a neat thing for our players to see that and uh, honoring him and all the other service people. Coach, uh, obviously you seem to challenge Stephen Montez last yes. week, and uh, you know, he seemed to respond, obviously, with a great game this past Saturday. As a coach, how gratifying is it uh, when, when it, it seems like
4: you pressed the exact right buttons with a guy?
6: Uh, well, you know, you, you, you always try to – you know, sometimes young people, and, I, and I'm still young in a lot of areas, um, I, I, you, you keep growing up. I think you I think as you get older, the, you realize the more you don't know. Is that, is that the best thing to say? Um, and, you know, sometimes young people um, are too young to understand sometimes what you're trying to do with them, how you're trying to help them, how you're trying to push them. And there's all different ways to do that. Um, and, uh, you know, we uh, – and also Sam Noyer's is a good quarterback and a good athlete um, too. So I think that uh, Stephen knows that also. Um, and uh, But I was excited about the way Steven performed in the game. But really, like I said, Saturday after the game, how he and Sam prepared all week long, the way they were focused, the way they were into it, the way they were both communicating with each other, the way they were communicating with me, the way they were communicating with other players, um, the other coaches. Um, there wasn't, yes, he might have been upset or angry, um, but he took that and focused it the right way. There was no pouting. There was, i, I got to get better. Took responsibility for it. Um, and I also think the team, um, the, the offensive line and the guys rallied around him on that, too. Knowing, you know, it's not just him, too. Everybody's got to do their part. Now we just got to do it again.
3: <laughs> How thrilled are you that this is the last time you have to see Kalen Balash and Demario Richard?
6: Wow, they're, they're both excellent players. The one-two punch. Um, They're powerful. They're big. They're athletic. Um, You know, I I know uh, Kalen and his family really well. (laughs) We had a long recruit. He was the first person I ever offered when I came here. Um, As um, when I first got here, I was sitting here all by myself and I was watching. They they said, "There's a tenth grade running back down in uh, over in uh, Colorado Springs area." I said, "Put him on." I said, "Are you kidding me?" And uh, um, got a hold of his coach and. Um, started recruiting. I was hoping he was going to come here, but he chose to go to Arizona State. It's a great school. He plays for a great guy, Todd Graham. So, um, but it came down to both. He even signed like four days after signing date. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, it, it, I'm glad this is the last time we'll see him. Um, there's no doubt. They're, they're excellent players.
0: Mike, an obvious benefit of montess it's just the, your receivers getting a chance to be more productive. This was a deep group that some people thought was among the best in the country this year. How have you seen them sort of battle through some of this adversity and, and keep level heads as you figure out your quarterback situation? Uh,
6: I think they've done excellent at it. Um, I think they've done excellent. You know, as you notice around the world, <laughs> the receivers sometimes spout off, and um, these young men didn't. I'm pretty sure they've been frustrated. I'm, I'm pretty sure that Coach Shev has handled things excellently. He, he was a receiver himself and was very successful. So that was good. But I haven't seen them um, complain about it, do it. They just kept playing and kept playing. Um, and they really understand the team. Um, and, the, you know, they're mature young guys. They, a lot of them been here four or five years. And um, so they knew just keep working, keep fighting. And they're all about us being successful, um, not just about them making their catches. And I think, that sh- I think that also helped, um, helped uh, Steven a lot because if not, if he had all those guys on him all the time, that would have been even harder to overcome. So I think their leadership in that area of just keep working, keep playing, keep believing in the team and um, it made a big difference also and hopefully to keep making a big difference as the year goes along.
1: Mike, it seems like you guys finally were able to grasp that elusive full 60-minute performance that you've kind of been looking for this year versus Cal. So, can having that kind of success maybe, I don't know if this is the right word, but serve as a reminder to you guys, to your guys what they're capable of doing?
6: I, I definitely hope so. Um, yeah. You know, um, as a coach, I don't think we put the whole 60 minutes together. We didn't play as well on, on the last couple of drives in the secondary. We had a couple busts that, you know, gave them a, a score. Um, so, we need to improve on that. But it was good because they were throwing it every down and we had to. We were doing some different things to, to try to um, help us, and um, but I, I definitely think they understand they can do that. They can put it. I think it gave the offense confidence that um, we can do multiple things. You know, they're they're a good defense. Um, you know, they, they had their one star linebacker that was out, um, number one, who's an excellent player. Um, but you know, our college football is kind of funny. I guess all all football is, but you know, um, uh, they beat Washington State 37 to three. We play them the next week and get beat 28 to nothing, and then we beat them 44 to 20 or whatever. So, um, you know, it's young people keep playing, keep believing, keep hoping, keep coaching them, um, keep pushing them, keep loving them, um, and uh, um, eventually good things work out if they're talented enough and we have some good talent.
4: Mike, you had said last week that you thought the culture and the foundation that you've built here over the last four years was strong enough to withstand some of the, the rocky road that you've hit recently was last weekend an affirmation of that? Yeah I definitely
6: think so Um, as far as our upperclassmen what they're saying to the kids how they're acting what they're doing um, how they're showing up on time how they're working in practice how I hear the captains and the upperclassmen talking to the younger guys Um, you know that's all part of it Um, you know we we still have a lot of season left Uh, we have a lot of things we want to accomplish so that was one more step in the right direction and um, we need to be able to hopefully do that again Saturday. So, um, you know, it's what have you done for me lately. So, <laughs> we'll see you again Saturday.
2: Coach, maybe to follow up on what I was asking about Steven yes. and pushing the right buttons, um, do you tend to
6: challenge guys in, in a similar manner when they need challenging, or is there kind of a, an art to
1: you
4: know maybe what works for Steven you have to know won't work for this other guy?
6: No, you you it's all about individual relationships. I believe anything to be successful is about individual relationships. And the hard thing about individual relationships, it takes time. It takes time. I mean, I can't meet somebody the first time and figure out how I'm going to do it or, how, or are they going to trust what I'm telling them? Are they going to trust the decisions I make with them? It takes time, and uh, time's something that you can't hurry. <laughs> And, you know, I've gotten to know Steven. I've gotten to know a lot of the guys on our team. They know that I've always put in what's best for them first and then the, and then the team, and uh, they understand that. Um, yes, I push buttons all different kinds of ways, and, uh, um, and they understand that. And I think once you develop a relationship and they truly know you care about them, then they'll trust you. They might not like it, but they'll trust you. We've all been there. We've been pushed by people that we didn't trust. We didn't do anything with it, Right. And we've been pushed by people or decisions made by people that we do trust, um, and it works out, and they like it. Um, so that's kind of how that goes.
1: One thing that seemingly hasn't taken a lot of time is the emergence of Khalil Tate, um, two-part
6: <laughs> Well, he was there for a full <laughs> year, you know, a year and three games. I wish it had been a year and four games. Right. <laughs> what extra games? To that
1: point, have you received any text, letters, calls, with coaches in the conference facetiously saying, hey, thanks a lot for
6: awakening this guy? <laughs> um, uh, no. Um, um, I'll, I'll see Rich Rod individually down the road and, um, and uh, um, tease him a little bit. But, you know, Rich Rod's a heck of a coach. Um, he did a, you know, a great job recruiting that young man. He, he was a young man that played at Sarah High School, played receiver mainly, moved to quarterback the last part of it, Like I think the last 10 games of his senior year or something like that. Um, and uh, he's done a great job. He's redshirted him. He played against us a little bit the year before um, as a mop-up, um, and uh, didn't quite look the same, you know, but he was learning the offense, and he just kept getting better and better. Also, I think all fairness to uh, Rich Rod, uh, Khalil was hurt a little bit in fall camp, from one I understand, and was hurt a little bit in the season, so he didn't really kind of get all the reps and everything and kind of get thrown in there, um, and I wish he'd been hurt just a little bit longer. Um, for, for our sake, not for his sake.
1: Can a guy who misses the first four or five games of the season but then plays as incredibly and have the impact that he's had, can he be a serious Heisman candidate? Uh,
6: you know, um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, I definitely, if, he, if they keep doing what they're doing with him, um, you know, you take out the first couple games and you do his stats, uh, I think he's got like 395 yards a game if you take out the first two where he just played a little bit. Um, which is pretty amazing, um, and, uh, you know, he, he's doing a, a great job. You know, if, he keep, if they keep winning big games, I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll, he'll definitely – he should definitely get there if they run the table.
3: Coach, it seems like one of the guys who's been asked to do a lot this season is Tim Linod. I yeah. was just talking to him, and he said that he didn't take any reps at center in fall camp. I don't know if that's true, but what was your plan heading into the season at backup center?
6: Well, he took a lot of reps in spring practice. We took some, and he took a little bit, not a ton in fall camp, but then we started playing him more and more after we realized who we were going to redshirt and what we were going to do. And uh, um, so, you know, and he's, I mean, he played the full game against uh, Texas State, wasn't it, the entire game? Um, And, uh, but we always felt like um, he could be a great center and could be a great guard. Um, you know, we didn't play him at center early because it's a little bit harder. We felt like his, his redshirt freshman year um, um, that he could just play guard and, and, and be good at it because the snapping and all the calls you got to do. And now he's learned all that, and, and, and he's done well. You know, we had the, you know, the, the rain game or the storm game, whatever you want to call it, at Washington State it was a little bit rough for him. Um, just the, the weather and everything else um, with snapping. But um, he's, uh, he's done well, and he, he played well Saturday.
0: Mike, I know Isaiah Oliver's a little dinged up right now, but just in the past couple days there have been several mock drafts lifting him as a first-round pick in this upcoming draft.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: You've
0: had a lot of talented defensive backs come through this program. Do you think he's worthy of some of that early attention of being a potential first-round
6: guy? Uh, yeah, I think he's an excellent talent, and I think he's uh, uh, an excellent player. Um, you know, I don't see all the other corners all over the country um, and the way that people evaluate them and do them. Um, but I, I definitely think he's a, he's a special talent, there's no doubt. And, he's, and not only is he a special talent, um, he's extremely bright, um, great family, um, sharp young man. Um, to me, he's a full package.
3: What makes Nikhil Harry a tough person
6: to guard? Receiver. Um, his size, his size. He's so big and he's um, athletic. And uh, you know, sometimes guys that big and that strong—I mean, he—he's built, um, you know—he's built kind of like Brian Howe, you know, just like yes. rocked up. And um, so he—he's um, usually they can't turn as we you know they're tight. They can't—he can just flip his hips and turn and catch and get by people by. And the other thing is, he's really tough. You know, he's really tough. So he doesn't see anybody coming at him. He's able to catch it and not take a hit, and they even put him in the backfield and run him at Wildcat. Um, you know, he, he's an excellent, excellent player. He has excellent ball skills. I mean, they've got him back returning punts. You know, being able to track a ball like that as, as a big guy is hard to do, and he's excellent at it. So his ball skills, his size, his toughness, um, his athleticism, the way he's flexible and can bend um, make him a special player. Mike,
4: uh, George Fraser last week had a block on Stephen Montez's touchdown run, I think, took out a safety, and then two plays later had a quarterback sack, and right. I think on the punt, or a kickoff went down and did something else. See a guy that's underappreciated by the average fan right. out there because he doesn't have a ton of stats?
6: Yeah, there was a real wise man after the game named Neil Wolk that told me all that, too. <laughs> and uh, I didn't even know what happened in the game, to be honest with you, as I'm watching the game. Um, yeah, he, he, he does so many things. And for a big guy, it's not like – you know, you notice it a lot when a guy has a ball in his hands, as a receiver, a returner, a corner, that type of thing. Um, but you know, he's doing a lot of the grunt work on the D line, making plays. He's doing a lot of grunt work at the tight end spot, um, making blocks. He's made a couple catches. Um, you know, it, it is. You know, he plays on our special teams. You know, he's the wing on the field goal. He's, the, he's in our shield on the punt. You know, um, he plays a lot of plays and, and does really, really well. And um, you know, just a um, sharp young man. I do think he is a little bit underappreciated, and, um, you know, he, hopefully he'll get in that. I, don't, I think they have an award for, like, a, it's not the Iron Man. I know that's arena ball, but there's some type of award where the guy's played multiple spots that I know he's – he was – what? Paul Horning. The Paul Horning, excuse me, Paul Horning, unbelievable player. How could I forget yeah. that? Um, but the Paul Horning award, hopefully he'll get in the mix on that. Usually it's skill guys, mm-hmm. but uh, as many plays as he's playing, if they'll watch the tape – um, like you just talked about, they'll see how an impact he is and hopefully he'll get in the finals for that. I would love to see that. He, I think he deserves it.
1: You referenced earlier that three-game stretch with Cal beating Washington State, them beating you, and then you beating Cal. Is the Pac-12 in your estimation a little more wild and crazy and unpredictable than even it normally is, or is this just how the conference is?
6: Um, we truly are beating each other up. Uh, we truly are. And with us playing nine games, we truly heard our. I think we heard our resume a little bit more this year. Um, you know, definitely uh, if uh, you know if a team goes to our league with one loss and wins the turn and wins the the Pac-12 championship game, I believe there's no doubt they should get in the, um, you know, the Final Four. Um, and uh, so uh, we're uh, it's a phenomenal league with a lot of great talent, a lot of great athletes, um, and uh, a lot of excellent quarterbacks and playmakers and. Um, you know, and so I think that, yeah, we kind of are beating each other up, but that's, that's part of it. And, you know, hopefully, um, the people of the committees looking into that, understand that and see that. Um, and, uh, that we'll be able to get somebody in the final four to, to, to show what we're all about.
3: My a couple of your guys on defense mentioned that the other day they just had a lot more fun than in recent games. And Ryan Moore had it felt like last year, because how much fun we were having against Cal. How much you being an offensive
6: guy. How much can just having fun make a difference on defense? I think you know you know you you want them to have fun, um, but uh, in the game of football, winning's fun. <laughs> you know that's that's the fun really in the end of it. You enjoy playing the game, and if you're making plays and, and doing things, and you know the the offense is scoring, you know the old saying, um, you know you kind of feed off each other in a way. You know if one side feeds off the other and the momentum and um, and, you know, and I think that that gives you hope as the game goes along, um, and uh, I think that that's what they felt um, Saturday. You know, we had a even had a couple of special teams plays, and you know there was a lot of energy, and you, we kept the energy going. Um, and you know, Cal made some plays too, um, so it, that, I think that made it fun also. Everybody just playing and going, and us making more plays, um, and you want to do that, and hopefully they do go out there and have fun. We, you know, they're, when they feel like they have confidence and they're freed up and they're making plays, that makes it fun and um, you know, I think Saturday afternoon when it's 60 degrees and sunny and Folsom's packed and you're scoring touchdowns and making plays is fun. Mike,
0: what would be your uh, <clears throat> top three Halloween can- uh, candies
6: ranked? <laughs> All right. Top three Halloween candies ranked. Well, um, I'd have to go with a Kit Kat bar, okay. Um, second... Um, um, Twix, which they're kind of similar, I guess, in a way. So you've a little caramel in the other one, and then I, I think my uh, um, uh, my third one um, would would have to be um, my our, my assistant upstairs, Cheryl Voth. Um, she's an unbelievable cook. So every time we win a game, she makes cupcakes and stuff for all our and coffee cake for all our guys to eat. So we always have to. So we always enjoy Monday, you know, when that happens. And she makes a unbelievable uh, cupcake that it's peanut butter and chocolate and Reese's and the filling. i got to go. That's um, pretty phenomenal. So I'll go with that. All
4: right. Thank you, Coach. All right. Appreciate it.